Hello and welcome to uh, Smoking Underground. Um, I am Devin and this is John. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's happening? Hey, is the uh, the Echo band? I've got the Echo. Yeah. But for some reason, his mic is not picking up, or my mic's not picking up him, but his mic's picking up mine. So we got a weird Echo thing on there. I'm going to try to, I'll turn this way and I'll try to keep my microphone over here away from him. Think that'll that'll help it seems to seems to do a little bit better um, that, that helps tremendously yeah so this is a uh an odd episode we're we're a gary down and uh we're gonna unfortunately be smoking uh the worst band on cigars ever made uh it's called the purple people eater oh you you ruined it because we were supposed to enter it with like oh when in the last Two months have we ever started? We started talking. People and it sure is fun, but that's not the reason that I came to land. I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. Well, let's not go rock and roll, flying purple people eater. Pigeon toed underground, flying purple people eater. I hit the music so loud it couldn't hear you talk. That's fine. <laughs> so. Uh, I did try to find one of the most annoying versions of the song I could find. Nice, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the cigar, John. Um, it's got a wonderful band on it. Kind of reminds you of a uh, shake supporting character. <laughs> shake as in um, fast food as opposed to uh, Indian. Um, but uh, I really think it's cute. I could see it becoming one of those Apple emoji things. But it's supposed... It's the um, what do you what do we call it the um, the um, that cigar club of the month I'm forgetting yeah. what I'm forgetting LCA it's the LCA, LCA cigar club of the month uh, it releases to the public tomorrow um, it's a um, Mexican San Andreas wrapper with um, a what do I want to say I got to understand I'm hearing like myself 15 seconds behind myself and yeah. it's confusing me, but it, we're uh, talking, uh, yeah, San Andreas, uh, Mexican wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and fillers. Um, it's got a funny little story behind it. Um, trying to remember, I've got the email somewhere. I guess I could dig out the email because the, it has, um, interesting story. Where did that go? Uh, ta -da -da. You think I had I got this all called up and there, there it is. Um, it's from uh, Purple Sky Cigars and it's more or less an underground company. I kind of like the podcast. Right. Uh, let's see here. Operating out of the Southwest United States. Okay. Three owners, Hector, Tommy, and Paul. And uh, named the brand in a nod to Blue Sky. The meth that Walter White made, uh, famous in uh, Breaking Bad. Okay. <laughs> That's where the company's name's from. Uh, and a name fitting given uh, the background of the, or the trio's background in uh, drug scenes and prison culture. <laughs> so the, you are helping rehab convicts by smoking and purchasing uh, Blue Sky Cigars. I highly uh, doubt that. This is the uh, second release on the Provada Cigar Club. Remember, yep. nothing to do with legal Provada. The Provada Cigar Club of the Month uh, from Blue Sky. They, were, were they the uh, the fatty with onions? Uh, fatty patty with onions? They might have been. Because it also had a cartoon character in front of it. Yes, it did. Yeah. 
very cute cartoon character. Yeah, in my you head. guys, I tell you, I just like I just like cartoon characters. I guess. I mean, I don't want to sound like a purist because I'm really more open minded than that. But what's up, Chris? I want to be a little bit more open minded than that. But when it comes to cigars, like your band makes a difference in my opinion, and, and I don't feel like you've done much homework on the band. It's really just like... I think it's another one that um, you couldn't put on a production cigar because I have a feeling that's going to get a copyright called on it also. Yeah, but I we, would we, agree. We had another one with the LCA that we thought would be copyright called. Uh, I had Leonardo DiCaprio on it, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that but, one. But I guess when you're only making 500 cigars and they all get sold in two weeks, yeah, what, what are you going to do? By the time the cease and desist letter arrives, you go, or arrives, you go, I've okay. ceased and I've desisted. Yeah, I've already desisted. I mean, more power to them if it gets them more. Um, you, you, if I were to not just give complaint without, you know, constructive criticism, I'd love to see another version of this band that's like more elaborate. Kind of like a uh, an Aroa cigar band, but still be purple and even have the face like etched into it. Like I could see something like that. Yeah, but they're doing these in such a small run, and to do a band like that in a small run is going to be you're, you're going to add two bucks. You're going to have a two dollars two dollar fifty yeah. cent band, and it's going to take your ten dollars cigar to fifteen dollars cigar. That's true. So, well, I mean, and then the other complaint I would, I, I don't know if you call it a complaint. The other critique I would have is does the quality of the cigar exceed the, the goofiness of the band? Or well, what we should know by the end of the show. Yeah. The initial light, I'm kind of like. I didn't get much out of it. It was pretty plain. Well, the, the first, you saw I had to relight it, but that's that's common with me. I don't quite always get it started right. A little bit of foreplay and then go right in. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Warm it up and then get it hot. The guys in the lounge, I don't know if anybody can hear them. They sure seem to be having a good time. Yeah, they uh, are cackling. They're so, loud. So we apologize for any uh, cackling that appears on air, but... Hey, he's you can, a you can come out to the lounge, hang out, maybe yeah. watch the live recording. Um, yeah. We do we do uh, like a live studio audience. You're welcome to sit in with us. Um, libations. I've never had a dead studio audience. So I can't tell you if I like them or not. I, I have, probably depends how long. Answer fair, so. It kind of depends how long they're dead. If they're beginning to rot. Yeah. That's why we have the cigars so they don't smell them. No, yeah, that's could be. Yeah. So today I'm drinking Balvini. 14 uh caribbean cask i don't what's up with all the caribbean cask stuff because we had the macallan caribbean cask for a while and it would it sold like water we go it's weird we go through cases and cases and cases of something and then all of a sudden they change to something else yeah and it doesn't have to be new i mean they went from i know the uh, basil hayden rye to the caribbean cask to something else to Wood, Woodford, uh, Double Oak was real popular for a while. Yeah. Then Woodford's been kind of popular. And now Tito's is really popular. Yeah, Tito's seems like it's come back, too. Because I know um, two years ago when we started uh, when we started this, Tito's was like, yeah, it's Tito's, meh. Now I hear people like, yeah, Tito's, get some Tito's. And I'm like, I, I was. Okay, Tito's. 
So, uh, Siren, I was listening to the girlfriend and upgrading the uh, wardrobe a little bit using my Amazon Prime wardrobe, getting five or six pieces of clothing, trying them on. I do like that. And there, there were a, there was a whole section of Tito's shirts and things, and vodka shirts. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I. I mean, we used to wear our Corona shirts and our Bud Light shirts. Yeah, and yeah I could that, see it. But I'm going, it's kind of like you said, Tito's. It's almost it's like you'd be embarrassed to wear an Absolute shirt now because it's yeah. like 20 year ago vodka. Uh, and even Sky Vodka probably, I haven't heard anything of. But Tito's? Think, think, think. Let me hey, running up that hill. Marketing. <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe it has something to do with the economy. and. I mean, I get, yeah. I mean, what's the what's the one thing that always is prosperous, even in the recession and stuff? It's you know, booze and tobacco. Uh, what uh, tobacco? Bars. What is it? Eight the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. They all yeah. get popular. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is drinking Tito's right now. <laughs> there you go. See. And uh, you, I don't know what your icon is on your end, but on our end, it, your icon's purple, which kind of goes with the purple band here. Uh, Siren, look at the, it looks like Grimace. It's like Grimace. Wah, wah, wah. I don't know what oh. Grimace sounds like anymore. I did. We, we did say Gary's absent. We, yeah, Gary's uh, out today. Say, uh, happy birthday to him. He's, his daughter was taking him out, so that's why he nice. stayed. Yeah. So. If you'd like to send Gary a present, you can send it in care of me, and I will be absolutely sure he doesn't get it. That's right. Yep. Um, but and any excess gifts, I'll, I'll make sure he doesn't get it. Either. And I'm not sure I, I can check the schedule, uh, see if he's working Mountain Brook, and you maybe uh, bring him by like a jar of spices or something if yeah. he's working this weekend. I never look at the schedule after me. I only worry about me. And yeah, to be honest, yeah. I don't even look at me on the schedule. I just show up and hopefully I'm working. I, I'm the same way because my schedule doesn't change. I just text the right people and I tell them I can't work if I'm sick or something. Um, like I'll be there. I'll be at Trust Vegas tomorrow for the late night. But then next weekend, the weekend after that, I, I will not be there because I've got a family reunion. which I've got to uh, I got to text Harris on that one. Yeah, let's see here. So... Yeah, yeah, Gary will be working at Mountain Brook, so if you'd like to bring him a present. And no, no, the yeah. schedule isn't laid out past uh, the 3rd, so I don't know if I'm working Sunday or not. Hey, uh, yeah, um, he does like spices. If you can find a unique spice that you don't think he's tried, which you'd be hard-pressed for him not to have tried it. Something he can rub all over his meat? That's yes. <laughs> John is on a roll tonight. John's always on a roll. That's true. This is see. This is the reason he needs to talk more and be on camera more. Um, I'm trying to enjoy this a little bit more. I'm still getting nothing out of it. It is for being supposedly being a really bold cigar. Yeah, it's. I get a lot. Let's let uh, as a as a flavor profile. I will probably say it reminds me of air. Air, air, yeah, no. nitrogen, like nitrogen-filled tires. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. Absolutely. Um, which is, uh, and I'll be honest with you, not to sound more like a pessimist, I'm not. I'm not typically a pessimist. There, there is, there's a slight taste because when I first took it out of the wrapper, yeah. I go, oh no, I sure hope this isn't an infused cigar. 
because I thought I got a slight whiff of a grape, and, and I'm not getting that oh, now. God, I hope not. That'd be horrible. And, but I, it's got a little bit. It's something sweet-ish, but it's it's definitely not infused. Yeah, it? and I just got some spice on it. I literally pulled on it that many times. I got a little bit of spice on it. So that's that's nice. Um, I was I'm I'm not to be a pessimist, but the uh, the what is it LC what is it LCA LC uh, LCA LCA the LCA cigars in my opinion are hit or miss. Um, I get why they make them. I completely understand why they make them, but sometimes people are just phoning it in. I was discussing that at, on, at Trustville on Tuesday. I was like, some of those cigars people are just phoning in. I think it's I think it's uh, 50 50. I think some of it's rushed. Uh, some of it's the the uh, limited production. I don't know yeah. the lead or what it takes. Maybe we should try to get the guy from LCA on. Dude, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I'll talk to talk to Harris about that or yeah. heck, I'll send him an email myself uh, and figure out what qual qualifies you to be an LCA cigar. I do like it in that it gets some of the smaller companies out nationwide. Yeah, they get to be tried. Um, you know, it, it's a tough market out there, and cigars is gonna. It's going to be a tough market. Yeah. Um, upcoming, you know, the PCA is it the PCA next week? They've changed their names. It used to be IP PCR or whatever. Yeah. And now it's uh, I think it's PCA Pipe Cigar Association. Yeah. Um, gonna be a lot of cigars out there. Unfortunately, a lot of them are gonna probably have been created over the last couple of years during this booming economy. Right. Right. And so we're going to probably see a lot of fifteen dollar, twenty dollar cigars being introduced to a market that wants eight dollar cigars. Yeah. Well, I would I would want to see these guys marketing, but I just can't. I can't imagine if you see this sitting on the shelf that it's going to be one of your choices to pick from. Like because everybody has for a new cigar, it's the band. Honestly, they're going to look at the color of the cigar. They're going to look at the band. Well, I, I did the uh, cra crazy thing when I walked in and I initially saw it. And, you know, I just kind of love certain songs. And we get to hear it. Maybe. Maybe. My fat finger's not working. I'm impatient. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, it could be the internet here. Or yeah. all of a sudden it could start playing. Um, no. No, but it's being weird. Uh, what's up, Dr. D? Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so tell us a story. The story. The about a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Did you ever have one walk into the shop? Anybody uh, ever come in and tell you they met this? And then keep in mind, when, let's talk about the song. It's a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Does it eat people and have one eye and one horn, or does it eat purple people? Or is he a purple people? Well... I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little I'm gonna get a little <laughs> spooky for you. Let me let me give a little bit of ambiance here. It was uh it was back in winter. It was a it was a very cold day. Everybody was inside. We had the you know the heat going as much as we could. And I'm telling you, man, I don't know. It must have had power fluctuations because of ice on the lines or something like that, but. This guy, he's wearing a trench coat. He walks in, um, and he has somebody with him behind him, right? And I'm telling you, I know it was a she, but she had a dark purple jacket on. And 
he's standing in the shop. He's looking for the darkest cigars you could possibly get. Okay. And she's just standing there. She's got a hood over her head. I mean, you can't even tell. She's not giving you anything. You try to say hey to her, nothing. And at some point, he leaves her standing in the middle of the shop, and he walks into the humidor, and he buys the darkest, you know, Oscuro and Maduros that he can possibly get. He brings it out, and he, he, he motions to her. She looks up just briefly enough, and you kind of got a quiver in your eye when you looked at her. You know, you just kind of shook a little bit, and he did too. He was he was really like timid and scared, and you were going, "What is going on here?" Like, because he was a big, like macho looking dude in a trench coat. Like, he looked like he could take you take you out real quick, but he was torn up, and so. Much to what looks like her chagrin, you see her grin underneath the hood. And then she just walks out. And so he purchased the cigars, and I went, you all right, man? And he went, man, I'm telling you, everybody knows we're podcasting because both of our phones are blowing up right now. It's ridiculous. Uh, So she walks out before him. He pays. He walks out. And I tell you what, when she looked up that one brief time, I could tell she was wearing an eye patch. And by the way that she or he responded to her, it was definitely, she was a one-eyed purple people eater, unicorn, because she was super gorgeous too, but she had one eye. And I just made all that shit up. So it's kind of one of those cigar stories. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because you, you could have livened it up a little bit. I know, I know. Because the the stupid phone call distracted me. She, she was absolutely gorgeous, covered up in the. Yeah. Uh, guess it's safe sex. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Got to get through that fur coat and. So um, no, it's it's. Uh, I don't have a lot of cigar stories, strangely enough. You haven't had the weird people walk in, or people that want to tell you the, the craziest thing that happened, or you know, doing this. Or- oh, I do. Thank you, thank you. I wish I could remember this guy's name. I wish. Please don't use a name. <laughs> I know, but I wish I could remember. I can't remember it though. This guy comes in. He was the coolest old dude. He was a. He was you know, thin, old, gray hair. He knew exactly what he wanted, exactly what he wanted to drink. And then he commenced to sit down. And thank goodness we didn't have a lot of customers because he told me his story of what he did for a living. And he was the most badass dude I've ever met. He was a helicopter pilot and a trainer and one of the only ones to still survive because he was like in the war and he trained people and a bunch of his friends who were also pilots died in training or a student like, but he, none of his students ever died and none, you know, he never obviously wrecked. He, yeah, he might've wrecked. Well, he was a master at what he did. Like, and he, he, his story that he laid out to us, I just went, dude, you make me want to learn. He's like, you should, it's dangerous. It's a lot harder than flying a plane. And I was like, really? Like, I'm telling you, 
I wish that guy would come in again and tell his story because it was it would be like listening if Maverick from Top Gun was real and came in to tell you the story of the movie. Like, but wasn't a movie, it was real. It was like him sitting there telling I, you. I haven't seen the new one yet. I had no desire to till I heard a um, hypothesis about the movie. Yeah. And now I want to watch the movie to see why, why that hypothesis was created. Well, this guy used to fly Apaches as well. And that's why he was so fucking cool, dude. Like he was, he was a really cool dude. And you could tell he was not bullshitting. He was telling the truth. He was going into elaborate details. He was telling you about all the switches. I even tried to question him, see if I could catch him, even though I don't know anything about helicopters. And he could tell you everything. He goes, the biggest thing that he said that really tipped me off was, yeah, no pilot knows how to use every single switch in that cockpit. Nobody knows how to use every single thing in that cockpit. He goes, they learn it in groups and sections, and they learn what they need to know. Because I can believe many. I can believe that. Yeah. And um, so not to, not, not to spoil the movie of Top Gun at all, but there's a scene in there where you get to see what the, the, uh, the F-14 rear pilot, the, the guy who sits behind the pilot, I should say, what he sees. You don't get to see that in the first movie. In the second movie, you actually get to see it. You get to see all the fuses and switches and electrical stuff. Like they have to be practical electrical engineers because they have to be able to fix stuff. And it's just amazing. Now they do have a huge stuff that they learn to do, but I, I'm going to believe this helicopter pilot guy who says nobody learns everything because there's just too much. Now let's, I know a lot of commercial pilots for some crazy reason. I, I sit there and I wonder at one point I had a fantasy of just seeing a private jet. Yeah. And now I know so many private jet pilots and been on private jets and things like that. And I know these 747 captains and 737 captains. And, yeah. You know, they have to go every year to training. Right. And you've been flying for 50 freaking years, and it's the same plane. You know, United bought all of these things back in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> so they must actually learn. I wonder how many years it takes to learn how to do it all. Yeah. And then I wonder... Back when they build them and they design them, does anybody at, say, Boeing or Airbus or Lockheed Martin, if they still exist, know what every single button does? Or does one designer, you get this much of the dashboard and you got to put all your switches here and this is where your systems are. You know? yeah, I imagine that's <laughs> how it goes. I imagine it is. I imagine, like, if you were to get Maverick from Top Gun, if he was a real person, like in the experience, the movie where he's still flying, even into his retirement age, I'm sure he knows all the buttons at this point, but like a brand new pilot, brand new fighter pilot probably doesn't know all of them. They know a lot of them, but they don't know all. Of them. They know what they need to do. Yeah. They know, they know they how know to the, take off, how to land, how to eject and how to fire the guns. And, and, and a few emergency procedures, but maybe not some of the super technical stuff. But I mean, at some point, if that's your that's your lifeboat, you you eventually learn how to use it. Like 
so ever since I've been driving, I have understood more and more about cars and all the stuff that's in them. In my truck, for example, I've had that thing for, golly, three, four years now, I think. And I finally have learned everything on it. Like, I still don't know. Well, I've learned all of the switches on it. I don't know what all the symbols that may pop up, and I have to look it up. But at some point, I will know all of them. <laughs> I'm somebody who always reads my owner's manual when I buy a car. I, I bet you are, Mr. No Driving Gloves. Because. The Nova Driving Gloves podcast. I've known people, and we, we talk about, say, Joe Casile used to come in here. Great, great man. Passed yeah. away a couple years ago. He had the vehicle he was driving, and he was talking about trading it because it couldn't do voice to text. That's, and I, and that's it? And I said, well, yeah, for a safety thing and texting. And I said, what year is it? And he told me. I said, and it's this spec? And he said, yes. I said, that's newer than my vehicle, and my vehicle will do it. And if you're a higher trim level, I guarantee you, yours could do it. So he went home that night and found out he could do he, it. He could do it. Save the guy thirty grand, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and that's that's why I do it. I read the book to make sure I don't have an option on the vehicle that I might have wanted. Nothing makes me matter than to find out it'll do something three days before you go to sell it. Right. Uh, and well, that's and then of course it does make me mad that I go. I, I could have had this. I right. could have had this. But then again, I buy used, so it's not like I'm specking out the order sheet and missing something. I got to tell you, John, that you, you're an inspiration right there because, like, I don't ever read the manual, but you've got me thinking, like, you know what? It's your vehicle. You're paying for it. You should probably try to learn what some of it does. The, the Mini um, couldn't find the manual. Got on eBay, tried to buy a hard copy manual. I, there's a PDF I can download, but I don't. I like to read it in paper. Right. That's just how, how I am with manuals. I could print it out, six hundred and some pages. No, you want I, the I, one I, where they I bind it. I, I want the nice bound, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, when I drove through the puddle a couple of months ago and totaled Drown the motor, the car. Yeah. Uh, when we dug out the tow hook out of the back, there's a nice place right there where the manual sits and it doesn't fit in the glove box. So they designed an area in the back of the car. Was it and, and what I found, yeah. And what I found out is cars with my trim level level and audio system are the only minis that come with printed manuals. Wow. Because I've got the crappiest audio system you can get in a BMW product in the year 2020. Probably. Um, Probably ranks with the crappiest audio product you could get in a Honda in 1984. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, then I tried no, to generally. then I tried to read the manual. Finally, it doesn't tell you half the stuff. There's all kinds of icons that aren't explained in the manual. It doesn't tell you how to do certain things. Like I've got auto dimming headlights. It tells me I have them. Nobody does tell me how to turn them off. How to turn them on? The service advisor showed me. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes that switch does something completely different. So that's scary. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but that's the thing with BMWs and minis and cars like that. Yeah. So I need to go back to my my simple mm. American cars. So you got any uh cigar stories? Do any of you have any cigar stories? I had a guy wander in just recently and he is buying his Camacho cigars. Camacho. And he said, I should get these for free. No. What? People tell me all the time they should get cigars for free. And I looked at him 
like yeah yeah i hear that all the time you're nuts your totals whatever 28 something 35 something he goes no my name's camacho i should get these for free and you remember a couple years ago you guys had this event here and you had that big trailer in the parking lot it's a camacho on it blah 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 and i walked out there and started to get in the car or the truck guy comes over and says stop he goes why it's my truck he goes what are you talking about? And I said, I pulled out my wallet and said, see, my name's Camacho. It's written all over the truck. It's my truck. <laughs> okay. Um, there's certain rules. I mean, you could play that to a point. Don't open the door and get in the $100,000 truck with the $100,000 trailer. Yeah. You know, if you slipped and cut the leather seat, you're going <laughs> to... I'm going to kind of say your ass is grass. And the, yeah. guy, the, the, the guy responsible for that truck's a lawnmower. You know? So his, his last name was just Camacho. Yeah. I had to waste my time telling me that. So I figure I'll talk to you guys about it. There you go. Yeah. Um, I've had him come in and talk about uh, an exterminator telling me various stories about how, you know, how to get this and how to get that. I had somebody tell me a story about a, um, uh, I guess it was a a litter box inside somebody inside their house, and they couldn't figure out what was happening because these mysterious footprints would show up every morning. And what they determined was a raccoon was coming in the kitty door and wandering through the house with his dirty little feet. And eventually going up the stairs into this bedroom where they kept the litter box and using the litter box and then leaving and grabbing a snack on the way out from the cat bowl. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Made me really rethink because at the time I had a a doggy door on the deck to get into the deck screened in porch and then a doggy door from the screened in porch to the house and we were getting raccoons into the screened in deck. They hadn't come in the house yet. And I, and I was telling them about this and how, what do I do? And what I ended up doing is we just shut that door every yeah. night. You know, the dogs asleep with us too. I mean, the dog doesn't get up at three in the morning and wander outside. So, well, they got the, they got some of those other, I mean, I wouldn't say they're new, but you can actually put a, a thing on the collar that it, it'll unlock the door as they get near it. Well, this was an ex-girlfriend's dog. Surprise guys. I have an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Frank was his name, and he's this little wien, little wiener dog, and he ha- had a um, uh, electronic perimeter fence. So Frank's about you know a foot and a half long and eight <laughs> inches tall, itty bitty you know six inch neck, and then he's got this box that's two inches by three inches yeah. for the perimeter fence. So I don't think he had room for Cyberpunk, <laughs> Mister Cyberpunk Frank wiener yeah. dog. Be wearing everything around his belly. He end up getting him a little ammo belt. Yeah, his, there you go. Perimeter thing. He, you know, once he learned his perimeter, he was so good. He he would walk right up to it and sit down. Yeah, my dogs are so disciplined. They would run through it and go, "Damn, that hurt." Fuck it, I'm not going back through it. Yeah. <laughs> and wander through the neighborhood. You know. Chris says, uh, actually, the 1985 Hondas had Pioneer factory systems. Um, I had an 85 Honda. Yeah. 
I think I still have the factory in dash from that car. That was the first car I built a car stereo in. Had a six thousand dollar car and ten grand in car stereo. Nice. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's cool when you're eighteen. Yeah, it's not so cool when you look back on it and go, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty irresponsible spending. Yeah. Well, so far this cigar is a is a big a big whiff for me. I am. I would not choose this one. Um, some people might like it. I would call it a, a, a Maduro light. <laughs> I'm not getting much out of it. it. It's a very smooth cigar. It is smooth. It, it yeah, has a very, very, very light Nicaraguan spice. It almost reminds me of a, uh, um, well, Perdomo Maduro. The 10th anniversary yeah, of Maduro. Yeah, okay. Um, I think the Perdomo Maduro has a few, a little bit more flavor, uh, a little bit chocolatier in that. Right. Um, this this could be a good morning cigar if you wanted a Maduro for a morning. Yeah. I could see doing that. I started and pre-gamed and set up the show smoking a um, the new LFD um, um trainer cigar i can't think of what it's called it's little uh, petite robusto we've got three of them sun grown uh, sun grown corojo in connecticut yeah. and it's what supposedly what lfd teaches their people to roll cigars with is it good they're, they're too nice and uh too consistent to be that but it's something about a trainer or our uh rolling like rolling teacher i can't remember what it's called but it um I had the uh, sun grown, so it was a little bit stronger, definitely. And it might have dulled my palate a little bit for this one, but I don't oh, dislike it. It's I I would put it in a nice relaxing cigar if I just kind of wanted to chill for the evening or first thing in the morning. Let me contemplate that a bit. I don't know, man. I, I, what would intensify this cigar? And it goes back to the cut. You probably don't like it because you're using that deep V, which you normally don't use because right. you forgot your cutter. If you use that uh, one cut, the cutter that I like that has got the six razor blades sure. in it that I can't remember the name, that would that would take this cigar to a different level. Okay, okay. So I'll uh, chalk this up to a cut that I, I'm not enjoying as much because you know I think what you're having is with that deep V, it draws so easily. Uh, and you get a lot of air along with the tobacco flavors. Yeah. Um, I, I use the Deep V all the time with the exception of when I actually, and this would have been a perfect cigar to use that style of cutter. Or my which small I punch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think you are absolutely right about that. It's but it's a, going really well with this Balvini 14. It's amazing Cheers. that um, a cut has such an impact on a cigar and if you really if you don't believe me get um a robusto or a standard toro or standard churchill something in that yeah. 50 to 56 ring gauge and use one of those cutters uh, you always recut it at you know after you get a little bit in but you'll find it changes the whole taste of the cigar and the intensity of the cigar because it focuses yeah your draw well, I mean, it's 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 a very similar in concept with mixing water with alcohol and like, cause I'm drinking mine straight right now. And so if I add a little bit of water to that, it's going to lighten it up a little, it's going to loosen it up. It's going to change the flavor slightly. 
That same principle works for cigars with, with air. And the more air you apply to what you're pulling mm -hmm. through, the different it's going to have a slightly different flavor to it. So yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Thank you, John. That's okay. a very good point. But just remember the uh, purple people leader, Walter White. Um, three convicts, I guess, make it. I can't say convicts, but <laughs> the thing actually says they did prison time and uh, was and had an experience in the drug trade. So hey, that, that's that's the paragraph that's sent to me by. Hey, and, and honestly, it's a good story huh? because if you were to people buy things based on stories most of the time. Tell me about it. I'm in cars. Right. Well, I mean, it works in video games as well. I mean, you're talking like, okay, so the trailer for this video game looks really boring. The game could be the best game ever made on the planet. But if you release a trailer that's complete crap, they're not going to try it. Or it's going to be a slow go. Some people who are just diehard and don't care, they'll just buy anything. And eventually it'll slow drip. The trailer you release for a game... And I was discussing with this with Dr. D as I was recently looking into purchasing this one game, uh, single player survival, you know, interesting story. Well, they've released multiple trailers and the game is, you know, since it's been out. Well, one of the trailers basically takes you through point by not point by point, but different sections during the entire game from beginning to end. And then it says escape and it shows you how you're escaping. And you're like, you just told me the whole story of how I'm going to leave. And the mystery is I'm basically going to get a plane and fly out of there at some point to beat the game. I'm like, I don't need to know that. It sounds kind of boring. Isn't it, that how they left fantasy Island every week? Right. Well, so like at prime examples, when you get survival games going into a completely different subject, but s selling things based on story, there's one game I particularly love. It's called Subnautica. And it's where it's a sci-fi game where you, get stranded on a water planet and you have still have some of the construction equipment. But what they don't tell you is how you're getting off the planet. They kind of instruct you that to, in order to get help, you need to build this thing. But along the way, as you build it, you start to discover more about the planet, which is the mystery, which is the fun part. And the trailer has that nice sense of mystery to it. And I immediately bought that like, you know, this was five years ago and played it and it was an amazing game. But the story sells it. So for this cigar, I look at this sitting on the shelf and I go, no, I'm good. I'll pass. But you tell me the story that this is made by guys who did hard time and actually were in the drug trade and cleaned their life up. And then, you know, they decided to start a cigar company. That makes this look more appealing. Honestly. Name their company after a TV show. That's right. <laughs> After a, a, a food restaurant, I guess it is a food restaurant. Yeah, today, but. yeah. It looks like um, Grimace. Oh no the the name of the company is uh, Purple Sky. Purple Sky, which is Walter White's. What they called Walter White's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Meth and um, Breaking Bad. You know, I've never watched that show. I uh, finally got Brandy watching it, and she's uh, uh, she kind of got bored towards the end of season one. She goes, same thing, same thing. Got to keep watching it. Got to keep watching it. And she's now far enough in that she realizes that how the story goes and the plot yeah. twists. And that. Well, that's like Peaky Blinders. Somebody told me that is an amazing show. I'm about halfway through season one, and I can't watch anymore because I'm bored out of my mind. But 
buddy of mine goes, just push through. And I'm like, okay, I'll pick it back up. It's the same thing. Like I would tell all my uh, fellow office fanatics, uh, season one of the office. If I had to introduce you to the office, if you've never seen it, I wouldn't start you on season one. I'd start you on season two. Well, that's, season one's okay. Season two is where it gets better. They what talk about that all the time. And actually, I heard Seinfeld being interviewed earlier this week. He, he actually has a car podcast, but he won't admit to having a car podcast. Right. But they were talking about how Seinfeld crap in the first season. Yeah. And Friends was crap in the first. All these hit TV shows yeah. were horrible in the first season because the cast was getting to know each other and beginning yeah. to gel and the budgets and it takes that first season to put it all together and we'll kind of make it quick. Netflix because they'll cancel something in one season if it's not running well. And you're like, you need to run it for two seasons minimum before you decide to cancel. Well, that, that's, uh, I heard an interview with Jason Bateman. That's the Netflix business model though. They don't care about the show. They care about the subscribers. Right. And he said, it's easy. He says, it's easy to sell Netflix a show for the first season. Right. It's a little difficult to get it to the second season. The show just has to have something that grabs people and will bring subscribers in. Once those people are subscribed, that show better be really, really performing and be really, really good to get a season two. Getting season three is virtually impossible. And like Ozark to go to four seasons kind of unheard of. There's only a few Netflix shows that have ever made yeah. four seasons. Well, that's what I can tell you. Some of the writers in there, like, I know it's super popular right now, and uh, Volume 2 is coming out uh, tomorrow. Uh, Stranger Things. The writers? now because four, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's on season four. Yeah. And I'll tell you from somebody who studies film and, and art and stuff like that, the writers of Stranger Things their their filmography everything their timing is perfect like they really know how to tug at this one and then go nope now let's pull it like it is i I, that's one of those shows i really want to get into right era for me music's good i just can't get into it have you tried it i've tried multiple times um and i just cannot yeah it's it gets better and better. Like every season has been better than the last season. And just, if you just watch the way they time things, you know, you know what's going to happen next. Like you can kind of figure, okay, this dramatic thing is going to happen. Okay. Now these two are going to be stupid emotional for no apparent reason, but they don't go too far with it to get you bored with that. They switch to something else. So I think it appeals a lot more to my generation than yours in, in the attention span of things. Like it's not TikTok attention span. It's a little bit more than that, but it's still like before you get a chance to be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. They switch to something else and they, and then they come up with a logical conclusion for the thing they just did over here. I need you to build a little bit of a story and I got to, I've got to start figuring out the characters. I have a horrible memory. Yeah. Show, show goes off. We sit down a week later to watch something. You know, you know, you fell asleep and it yeah. stopped at episode eight. You know, you fell asleep. Hey, maybe episode two, maybe episode three, maybe episode four. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. And then you got to start playing it. Oh, now I remember those scenes. Oh, now I remember those scenes. And all of a sudden, shit, I fell asleep during episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get, now that we're talking about story, I could literally talk about film and story and stuff like that, like all night. I need to, I need to do an episode of my podcast. I was going to say, we'll join you on uh 
uh, Arca something for Arca that. Fire podcast. Ar- Arca you Fire. know what it's called. Stop that. I wanted you to plug your own podcast. Oh, Arca Fire podcast. It's on everything. Uh, we released the first episode uh, yesterday. All two hours and 45 minutes. Of That's it. right. Like I was supposed to do a pilot episode and I did not follow John's well, advice. Well, the pilot episode wouldn't help when your next episode's two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. But if you're going to do 245, your listeners that start listening and liking are going to expect 245 all the time. Right. Well, so, it's kind of like when Mike Rowe went from 10 minutes to an hour. Now he's an hour and a half and pushing two. Yeah. I don't have that kind of time for you, Mike Rowe. I like you, but you know, what's funny is I'd love to listen to more micro, but that's the same thing. It's like, I don't want to listen to him talk for that long. It's and he's t- it, it, everything's self-serving. You know, his podcast I really enjoy and not, I'm not a subscriber. So I only get the 15 minutes is Russell brand. Uh, he, he talks so fast. So he does like an hour and a half or two hours where he talks to somebody. And then he actually, his, his team will edit down like a very like, condensed section that's only 10 minutes long but the podcast is usually about 15 minutes with all the extra crap in it and it's always incredibly insightful it's so well done and he talks so quickly naturally like it's it's pretty good like i I love watching listening to his podcast or going on youtube and watching his 15 minute shorts because he packs so much good information so it's a short amount of time but my podcast actually i'm not just going to do 45s i'm going to do segments for different days so like i'm gonna do a discussion with friends or something like that like i don't know you you've told me you know different stuff but i, I love the idea of just having a place where you get to choose which episode of the podcast you listen to. if you just want to listen to tabletop rpg stuff for two hours you can listen to just those you know that kind of thing it's a uh interesting thing you have to put together to be able to do that and yeah, you see how it. We'll see how, we'll see how it, it goes. So all it, of our all of the viewers out here, uh, Arca Fire podcast. Of course, I've got the No Driving Gloves podcast, which I screwed up and put this week's No Driving Gloves artwork <laughs> in one of the scenes in yeah. the, the podcast this week um, for our cover art. Which ironically, I'm tearing down this studio, going to my home studio, and recording here in less than two hours. Did you go to that car thing? No, I did not. Okay, because I was I was super sad that I was sick. Because I was like, I'm not going to be able to go to that thing with John. But I was kind of looking forward to that. Not going to be able to go in July, but I'll probably try to go in August. Okay. So we'll try for that. But we're um, getting up to what? I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah, let's call it. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, where are you working? I'll be here on Sunday. Okay. Uh, okay. Let everybody know July 4th hours for all the shops. They, everybody closes at 5. Okay. So on Monday the 4th, by 5, pick up your smokes. Yeah. Because I guess. I don't know if fireworks or Sunday night the 3rd or Monday the 4th, but we're closed at 5. And then tomorrow I'll be at Trust Vegas from 6 till whenever we're done. And the, the crew that's normally uh, there on Friday, uh, I don't know, man. If you want me to uh, hang out later on July 4th, you just text me and let me know how much you how much money you want to give me and I'll show up. <laughs> Probably not, though. Cool. Playing music over me? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just preparing it, making sure it's going to do so I can do this musical outro. Now, um, I will say this on this cigar. I, I love the story. I'm, 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 I'm turned a little bit better towards it since the end, since I learned the story about it. Um, now, we have smoked some on here before that it was just like 
something to puff on. And uh, I would just, I'd have this much and throw it away. I think you're right that the leagues are hit or miss, but that, like I say, that's why we have 2000 facings at the 280 store. Yeah. Um, because not all of us like the same thing. Yeah. So, but this, this, I'm probably going to smoke all the way home because it's not bad. It just seems like it's lacking, but I really think you're right. I think you're the cut. I think the cut off. cut did it. I because I'm thinking I should have done uh, whatever a shirkin shirkin. Yep, Japanese so, throwing star. Let's see see here if I can find the right video to back out with. But uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Smoking Underground Vodcast uh, on Facebook. And uh, the YouTube, which if you're watching it, it's just Smoking Underground. Uh, we broadcast to both, whichever one you prefer, your own flavor. And uh, cheers to you, John. John, oh, yeah, John. John is joining me in libations today. Tell him what you're what you're drinking. I'm just doing the simple 1664 Blanc in the pretty blue bottle. Um, it's not bad for a cheap beer. It really isn't. It's not a bad beer. It's a uh, the close alternative is uh, Michelob Ultra, and that's what we sell it for. See the name of you know how to say the name of there, the Cronenberg. Yeah, I think I knew that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I've been I've I've been told it's like the European version of Bud, which doesn't make any sense now since a European company owns Bud. But you know <laughs> what I mean. Anyway, uh, that was it. Yep. it. It today's a special day because he he joined me in libations. I'm hoping at some point we'll have a turning point where all three of us are drinking libations on the show. That would be a great boon for me. Um, and then, uh, yeah, join us next time. We'll, uh, we'll be here next Thursday. Uh, we may have some, a few live studio guests with us next Thursday. I'm trying to get some people in. And, um, yeah, happy 4th of July. If not, we're going to pull some stories out of Gary. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're saying that like it's a hard thing. <laughs> you could literally say uh, mousetrap and he could tell you a story. Okay. That's our six minute goodbye tonight. There you go. Talk to you guys next week. Let's Later, see guys. if I can push the right buttons. Mm-hmm.